This episode of A Deeper Dive was brought to you by PDQ. With built-in resources that accurately and easily measure the complexities of labor, PDQ allows you to quickly understand and adjust to workforce cycles and trends. But knowing is only half of the equation. A PDQ POS system is expertly designed to measurably reduce direct labor costs as well as indirect costs such as time and effort. Discover how PDQ can make a meaningful difference in cost containment for your enterprise. Visit pdqpos.com today. How does a chain that sells just smoothies adjust in a rapidly changing restaurant industry? Hello, I'm Jonathan Mays, executive editor of Restaurant Business Magazine, and in this week's episode of A Deeper Dive, I speak with Juan Kim, the owner of the 1,000-unit smoothie chain Smoothie King. Smoothie King has thrived since Kim took over in 2012. The chain system sales have more than doubled since he took over, and unit count has grown consistently along with same-store sales, even though the chain sells just smoothies and healthful beverages. Kim talks about how the change is evolving and how it has managed to generate that level of growth over that time. He also talks about technology, including where Smoothie King stands on third-party delivery, as well as online ordering, and how the company overcame some challenges in terms of its POS system. And Kim also talks about his plans for mergers and acquisitions. So please have a listen. Juan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, welcoming me. Um, so, uh, tell me a little bit, you have a, a pretty interesting history um, at uh, Smoothie King. Tell me a little bit about it. How did you first get involved in the brand? So, I started as a franchisee uh, back in 2003. Uh, I was pretty passionate young boy at the time. I think I, probably I was around 30, 31, uh, not knowing that much, but I wanted to bring very healthy uh food and beverage concept to Korea because I'm from South Korea and I found Smoothie King back then and uh, I became master franchisee uh, of Smoothie King in Korea. Mm -hmm. And how did it work in Korea? So for the first uh, few years, it was a really difficult journey. Uh, South Koreans uh, did not have any awareness of Smoothie King, but even worse, they did not have the uh, awareness of the product. So they just didn't know what smoothie meant and they were kept, you know, they were asking me, us, what you guys are selling. And of course, you know, without the, without having the uh, product awareness, the brand didn't matter. And so we actually had a lot of challenges in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Such as uh, what kind of, what kind of challenges? I mean, did you have to, um, I mean, did you have to boost marketing? Did you, uh, I understand that you, you built some pretty uh, um, pretty big locations back then, didn't you? So, first of all, uh, we had to educate the market. The market just did not have the product's awareness, and uh, they just didn't know what we are selling. So, in order for us to really educate the market, what we did was we actually tried to put a store near Starbucks, and mm-hmm. very similar size of Starbucks, and very prime locations like Starbucks, and that's that was the approach and then people all of a sudden start to talk about smoothie king who who they are because they are like oh my god they are next to starbucks uh, uh they must be a pretty interesting brand uh because they are paying all these prime locations 
and also you know the size of the locations are pretty big so that's how we draw the attention from people mm -hmm. what what got you interested in smoothie king i mean why what did you see in the brand when you when you uh, first looked at it so when i was in college actually i went to boston university uh and uh, i I, I don't know how many uh, guys will agree with me, but at the time, you know, I wasn't really a healthy guy. <laughs> uh, so all, all I could think of is, you know, having a smoothie. And then I, I was like, you know, oh, my God, I fulfilled my duty today. So I could I can go out and have a beer with my friend. Mm -hmm. So so smoothie was my fuel a day. And that's how my lifestyle having a smoothie of that lifestyle became and i just love the products and by adopting those lifestyle and by feeling good about myself after having it i felt like this is the business i should bring to south korea because this is the business that where south koreans are thinking of you know becoming better healthier life at the time back in 2003 or so Mm-hmm. So um, now you apparently, you uh, clearly were successful enough uh, back in Korea to um, uh, buy the brand outright. Tell me a little bit about how that came about. So by 2007, after uh, four years of challenges, uh, we started to pick up a lot of interest. And all of a sudden, our sales just picked. Uh, by having those, I was able to open a little over 100 locations uh, from 2007 to 2011. Uh, so by 2011, we had a little over 120 locations. Uh, and But then unfortunately, market was getting saturated mm -hmm. because Korea is not a big country. So I wanted, uh, I wanted this, you know, I wanted to continue my journey with Smoothie King, but then market was getting saturated. So I was thinking, what should be my next step? Uh, also knowing the founder and also the, the C CEO at the time, his name is Steve Kuno, he was getting at the point where he was thinking about his retirement. So I, I'm not a shy guy. So whenever I actually saw him, I kept asking him about, if you ever retire, you have to think of me because I am very interested in my journey with you. Uh, and I want to continue this journey in the U.S., and thank God he actually bought that. And then he called me in 2011 and I was able to buy the company in 2012. Mm -hmm. and did you have, uh, did you have any adjustments going from, you know, uh, uh, being a master franchisee to, to owning the whole brand? I mean, was there any adjustment that you had there? Some, uh, but, uh, I don't know how much how much you understand about franchising business, but uh, being master franchisee is a little bit like franchisor. Yeah. Because being in South Korea, I had to do my own distribution, per, uh, a little bit of purchasing, but all marketing. I mean, there are a lot of things that right. I, I I had to do by myself. So I kind of knew how to run the brand, but then it wasn't really mission and vision driven back then. So mm -hmm. when I bought this brand back in 2012 and moved myself to the U.S., we actually spent a lot of time on our mission and vision, making sure that, you know, the brand is driven by mission and vision. Mm -hmm. And also we hire and we build a team based on our mission and vision. And it took a long time, 
but I am very proud of my current team because I do believe our current team totally understand mission and vision. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes they actually drive me if I don't make a right decision based on mission and vision. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about that mission and vision. So Smoothie King's mission is to inspire people to live a healthy and active lifestyle. And our vision is we want to be the integral part of every health and fitness journey. So when you think about mission and vision, this is how we think of. Mission is our DNA. This is why we do our business and it will never change because your DNA should never change. So this uh, and our mission again is we want to inspire people to live a healthy and active lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Vision is where we want to be. So it's a long term goal. It may change in the future, but right now we are sticking because we haven't accomplished our vision yet. And once again, we want to be the integral part of every health and fitness uh, journey. Uh, I really believe everybody has their moment uh, because to live a healthy and active lifestyle is not an easy journey. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know what you do to live a healthy and active lifestyle. But for me, like our just perfect example for last three weeks, I haven't really lived healthy and active lifestyle it was holidays and mm-hmm. i went out i drank a lot and it's just people it's just some a lot often people fall off whether it's holiday season or let's say you know a guy you know the ladies can be pregnant or mm-hmm. a guy can go through the uh, chemotherapy i mean a lot of things can happen in your life mm-hmm. and in order for you to maintain the healthy and active lifestyle, that's why we call it journey. Right. It is a journey, and we want to help you to live a healthy and active lifestyle wherever you, whatever, whenever you are. Mm-hmm. And that is why we believe uh, we have created a lot of different products in order for us to help you, whether you want to lose weight or you want to uh, gain weight or you want to bulk uh, up or you are doing high intensity workout and we want to help you there. So, and also furthermore, we have uh, products that if you are pregnant, we have the product for you. And also if you are going through the chemotherapy, I'm not kidding. We actually have the products that that was developed with the American Cancer Society to help you to muscle through. Mm-hmm. So, because this is what we believe. Mm-hmm. Now, now, since, so I probably don't need to tell you, but, you know, since you, um, um, since you bought the brand, I mean, Smoothie King's done very, very well, really, in the last several years. Um, and, uh, I mean, do you think that that's, I mean, do you think that mission and vision sort of helped that, uh, help with that growth? I mean, do you think that was, uh, uh, was a driving force? hundred percent, because mm-hmm. uh, uh, mission and vision are very critical because this is why we do what we do. But also at the same time, this is our filter. Because whenever the, the, the organization try to make any decision, we look at our filter and making sure that, you know, the, the decisions are, are made through the filter. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, there are a lot of things that we may believe we are doing the right thing. But then if you think about our mission and vision, maybe not. Right. So, uh, once again, looking at mission and vision and people 
we are hiring who believe in our mission and vision, I do believe they will make the right decision because this is what they want to do right. and this is what they believe. So they want to really drive this. Yeah, right. So um, how was your, uh, how was your uh, 2019? How did things go uh, last year? Uh, to, oh my God, last year. Can you mm-hmm. believe 2019 was the yeah. last year? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we did pretty well. Uh, uh, so we actually uh, finished our project called uh, uh, Cream Blends. Mm-hmm. So it, it was about four years worth of our time. So we were able to eliminate anything artificial, artificial flavor, artificial uh, preservative, artificial color, and no GMO fruits or veggie. Uh, and then we actually created our no-no list so we were able to eliminate a lot of bad stuff uh, in our uh, list Uh, so if you can go to our homepage, you should be able to look at it Uh, and then we brought a lot more real whole fruits and also all of our veggies are organic Mm -hmm. and it took four years and we had to uh, literally change all of our ingredients that we used uh, four years ago to new ingredients to accommodate this. Hmm. And then also uh, on top of that, uh, about a little over half of our smoothies have no added sugar, Mm -hmm. and we were able to also eliminate sugar from our product. Really? So uh, from all of your products or just half of your products? Uh, About two-thirds of our product have no added sugar, uh-huh. but still, we have the category called the take-a-break. Right. So it's more like a snacking, and we did put some, uh, we did we did keep our added sugar because we believe sometimes you do need the sugar. Sugar is not necessarily uh, bad, bad. Mm-hmm. Just having excessive sugar, that's what we believe, it's bad for you. Right, right. So, uh, and, but that's, I mean, those, those issues are pretty important for your customer base. I mean, again, getting back to that mission and the vision is that you, I mean, your customers really want, I mean, you know, I mean, they're really focused on this sort of thing. I 100% agree again, because this is what we do. And we want people to really understand we will accommodate your needs because the, when time passes, the trend changes. And I mean, when you think about 20 years ago, for example, sugar wasn't a bad thing at all. Mm-hmm. But right now we are accommodating because we believe we want to be the integral part of your uh, health and active lifestyle, your health and fitness journey. And in order for us to be the integral part, we need to also evolve. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's why we did this. Right. So, um, so tell me a little bit about, uh, I want to shift gears here a minute um, and, and talk a little bit about technology. What are you guys doing on that front? That's been a big uh, focus for a lot of restaurant companies right now. I mean, is there anything that you're doing to sort of uh, um, to kind of take your technology to the next level? So we've been a little slow on that because yeah. we had to change our POS yes. system. Uh, and it took actually longer than uh, we anticipated. Uh, but the end of this January, uh, we are uh, we are launching uh, our online ordering system wide. Mm-hmm. So that's a big step for us. Unfortunately, we we should have uh, launched this uh, online ordering about a year ago, right. but because of new POS system, we've been slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I do believe there are a lot more new technology now that we've been uh, we've been developing, but we should be able to launch those 
because our post POS system is ready and mm-hmm. it's stabilizing it. So uh, more to come. Right. So the POS system can be a kind of a, I mean, that's obviously always a, an important first step to uh, make sure that your POS system can handle some of this stuff. Did you go to a single POS system for uh, throughout the entire system? So we did because in order for us to accommodate any new technology, we believe sing, having single POS system in entire system is very necessary. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, did you uh, did you get your franchisees on board with that? What was their reaction? So we have a. a, a we have the committee called uh, FAC. Mm-hmm. It's a franchisee advisory board, and we do have a really good relationship with them. So it's uh, it's about seven people, and uh, we we talk every month, and also we meet every three months. And I do believe uh, if we don't have the alignment, we don't really proceed. But sometimes, sometimes we may not. And I always tell them, we will do our best to accommodate your needs. But at the end of the day, we hold our right to make the best decision. Right. One mm-hmm. thing that I do believe that people do believe in our system is because I was franchisee, I do care about their profitability. Yeah. As long as all of our decisions are under our mission and vision and they align with our mission and vision, we look at their profitability first. Mm-hmm. But once again, if our decisions are not aligned with our mission and vision, it doesn't matter. Right. We don't proceed. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, um, yeah. Was it, so does that give you, I mean, were so that gives you sort of a credibility with franchisees because they kind of see you as, as, as one of them because of the, of, of your background. I think so. And also at the same time, we've been recruiting a lot of new franchises who also believe in our mission mm-hmm. and vision. I do believe it is very important for them. And that's why they joined us because of our mission and vision. It's not only about I want to make money because as a businessman, we all need to make money. Right. But while making money, if you feel good about what you do, it's a, it, it's it's an amazing feeling, and there are a lot of people who are joining us because of that. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I, I think isn't it a lot, especially when when you have, you know, the you know, I mean the vision that you have and, and and the products that you serve that it it makes it a lot easier to succeed if you actually believe in what you're doing. I mean, it doesn't seem to make sense. Mm-hmm. It does. It does. Yeah. Other... So this mm-hmm. January, we also. Uh, introduced the new products it's called a hit uh hit fit mm-hmm. and it's a new high intensity workout smoothie so like if you look at any other uh, smoothie brand they always talk about uh, asahi smoothie right. watermelon smoothie it's it's a lot more flavor driven uh product yeah for us flavor is important don't get me wrong but we always talk about the purpose first, the your goal, and then we try to make it really delicious. Right. So, um, yeah, it's it's uh, so uh, so. Tell me a little bit about um, you know. Let's talk a little bit further about the menu. I mean, you um, you're pretty focused on on smoothies. Is there any? Do you ever any? 
um, sort of concerns that, uh, well, I mean, I guess we had a few years ago when McDonald's introduced smoothies and a lot mm-hmm. of people were worried about like your future and things like that. I'm pretty certain that you remember that. Um, mm-hmm. do you ever, obviously, and, and obviously not only did you survive that particular period, but you, you sort of thrived. What do you think? Um, I mean, do you think that, I mean, getting back to, I mean, do you think that Mc, when McDonald's started doing that and you started seeing all these other companies started adding smoothies, why did your business grow? So first of all, I really believe what they are selling is not really smoothies. It's mm-hmm. more like, you know, they put shit up in it and then it, it's more like a flavor driven, uh, ice blended drink. And they, and they are calling it smoothie. And again, we do not sell, I mean, we sell flavor smoothies, but it's not really flavor smoothies. I will give you an example. Let's say last year we introduced the keto champ. Obviously it's a keto smoothie. When you think about all different purposes, whether you want to lose weight, gain weight again, or you want to exercise after your workout, you want to have smoothie, all these purposeful smoothies, I do not believe McDonald's or any QSR will ever launch this type of product. Right. But we are doing it because of our mission and vision. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine McDonald's will ever launch keto smoothie or high-intensity workout smoothie? Probably not, right? No, probably not. Right. I would be pretty surprised if they did something like that. <laughs> but now, now you, you keep pretty pretty uh, specifically to smoothies. I don't uh, – you don't really – I mean, uh, if, is there ever a temptation to start branching off into additional products beyond smoothies, and how do you make that work? So not yet. Uh, we believe we still need to introduce a few, a few more different uh, smoothie products in order for us to be the integral part of your uh, uh, health and fitness journey. Mm-hmm. So we believe for next three to five years, we have a pretty heavy uh, products lineup. And probably after three to five years, if we believe we need other products because we we need to be the integral part of your health and fitness journey and people are demanding other products, then we'll consider it. But you don't see that demand right now. Not yet. Right. I mean, you seem, and it, it, it sounds like you're able to, cause you've got a pretty nice uh, selection of smoothies here. It, it sounds like you don't really have any need to, you, you, you're finding plenty of uh, sources to continue to innovate on, on a, on a pretty narrow product. That's what we believe at this mm-hmm. moment. Right, right. Well, it's just, I mean, it, it seems like smoothies are a pretty surprisingly um, flexible product to be able to keep doing things like that. And, and that not only you're, and you're not only been able to um, continue to, uh, to survive, you know, by just offering smoothies, but you're, you've been growing pretty, uh, at a pretty good clip for some time. So since I bought the business, uh, mm-hmm. we, uh, our system-wide sales uh, went up about three times, yeah. Uh, and our same store sales was never mind, uh, never neg- negative. So we've been doing pretty well, mm-hmm. uh, and we've been opening uh, about a little over hundred stores for less four years. Really? Yeah. So what what is your so what what is your I mean what has your been your franchising strategy? Well, we believe. 
the, the growth needs to come from our uh, existing franchises first. Because mm -hmm. if your existing franchisee want to open another location, that is the great validation of you are doing well. Mm -hmm. Because trust me, if you don't make money, you will never think about opening another location, correct? Right. <laughs> uh, so for last four years, we believe about 70% of our growth came from our, mm -hmm. income, uh, our existing franchises. That's a really high number, and we are very proud of those numbers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I um I mean the I will never understand franchises that don't quite get this particular point and don't focus on it because it's you know the easiest way well maybe it's also the hardest but I mean the the best strategy to ensure your long term growth in the franchise business is to make sure sure your franchisees can make money because if they make money they are going to have more money to expand they're going to be able to have more money to remodel and they're going to want to do those things not just you know it's not just um uh, they're willing to do it. They're actually going to want to expand because they were going to want to make more money and they're going to want to continue to do these things. And uh, it's just like such a key important element in this particular business is making sure your franchisees can make money. And I don't understand why more franchises don't get that. Probably because a lot uh, of uh, brand, uh, when you think about it, the ownerships are more like whether you are public company or whether mm -hmm. you are owned by private equities, the duration of the ownership is uh, pretty short. Yeah. So for them to focus long term is very difficult mm -hmm. because if you are if you are public company, you are on the hook for every three months. Right. So that. But then in order for you to really focus on franchises profitability, you really need to focus on long term because there are a lot of things you need to really work on as a long term strategy. Mm -hmm. And right. and it's it's hard. Yeah. And fortunately for us, we do not have private equities. We are private and I'm still young, I believe. <laughs> so we, we we really talk about a lot of our strategies, our three to five year strategy that we are setting as we speak. Mm -hmm. Right. So you, I mean, you're in this for the long term. You're not really you're not looking for for a short term turnover like some of like you see in a lot of these other businesses. Uh, no, I enjoy what I mm -hmm. do, and I believe uh, a lot of our team members in our organization really enjoy what they do. Mm -hmm. So, um, no, are you guys uh, looking at delivery at all? So, delivery is a hot topic right now in the industry. I don't know, first of all, our products really travel well. And number mm -hmm. two, I don't know whether uh, uh, at the end of the day, I think delivery companies will win. But a lot of restaurant business may lose their revenue by doing this. Mm -hmm. So we are watching it very carefully. That's why we want to actually emphasize more on online ordering than delivery. And for now, that is our strategy. Right, right. So what's uh, what's coming up in uh, 2020? What, do you, what are your plans for this year? Where do you expect to where do you expect to be by the time this year ends? Uh, we want to open 125 new locations this year. And uh, uh, about a year ago, we actually wanted to buy Jamba Juice. Uh, really? They are our one of our major competitors. Uh, we were the last two bidders, and then we lost it. 
so right now we are actually looking for another uh, opportunity. Uh, I, I I understand Jamba Juice. There are not there are nothing like Jamba Juice in our industry right now. No. But uh, there are a lot smaller concepts mm-hmm. in our industry that that should be available. So hopefully we should be able to have one or two M&A opportunities this year that uh, so that we can actually enter California market. Really? That's what you're, you're targeting is uh, an acquisition to, to enter California? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Could you have Smoothie Kings there or is that uh, you think an acquisition would be a better idea for that one? So we want to, uh, we want to enter the market having, at least 50 to 100 locations in mm-hmm. California. So we are actually looking for the brands where we can actually convert them into Smoothie King. Okay. So you would buy, a, it would be a buy and convert strategy. That's what you would, was that, would, would that have been what you would have done at Jamba Juice or would you have kept it as Jamba? So Jamba Juice, our strategy was we will leave Jamba Juice uh, in California and other than California, uh, uh, we wanted to convert them into Smoothie King. Really? All right. That's kind of uh, complicated to do, isn't it? Or... Uh, well, yes and no, but uh, our plan was uh, we wanted to actually convert a lot of their products into Smoothie King's products over mm. three to five years. So huh. that hopefully, even though we have two different brands, our products will be same. Really? Okay. Yeah, that's that's uh, interesting. So you're, so you would be looking for a brand sort of similar to what you, you know, kind of similar to what you do now that would be easily, sort of converted. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I'd imagine that there's uh, some possibilities out there. There's always restaurant chains for sale. <laughs> yes, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, sir, uh, this was fantastic. I really appreciate you taking the time out uh, to join me this week. Oh, thank you so much, and Happy New Year again. For over 32 years, PDQ's all-in-house development team has pushed the boundaries of secure, scalable, enterprise-based point-of-sale systems, regardless of concept or scope. With proven experience in helping a top-20 QSR franchise grow tenfold in a relatively short period of time, PDQ excels in custom, fast-cycle solutions, built-in and seamless integrations with top-tier third-party platforms and holistic data and cybersecurity services. Experience the PDQ difference. Visit pdqpos.com today. And that does it for this week's edition of A Deeper Dive, which, as always, was edited by Christine Cawthon. Artwork by Nico Hines and Sarah Stewart. You can find this and other episodes of the podcast on our website at www.restaurantbusinessonline.com backslash article backslash deeper dash dive. You can also find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio. I'm Jonathan Mays, your host and podcast producer and the executive editor of Restaurant Business Magazine. Thank you for listening. <music>